Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bobblehead Podcast. Hey, we have a very special episode for you today uh, that I really enjoyed, and uh, we don't get a chance to uh, do this very often, but we had some guests on today. So we're in the process of, just like in this series, if you've listened to the first two, uh, really doing our year-end planning for 2021 and looking forward or 2021 review and looking forward to 2022 and planning accordingly for that. And so uh, we had our executive team in and uh, just like what we told you that we do, we're actually doing it. And so one of the things that you're going to hear today is uh, a couple of our guest uh, executives of, at Access talking about reflection and reflecting on the last year and not only about what happened, but also about mindsets. And Davin does a really good job of uh of interviewing these two gentlemen and, and uh, pulling out from them some things that really took place that affected them that uh, were both positive and negative, but it's so important to review. So, hey, uh, pay attention. It's really good stuff. And Davin, let's do it. Hello, Davin. Hey, Tim. How are you, sir? Man, I'm good. It's good to see you. Thank you. It's good to be seen. It, um, I don't usually get that from you, but thank you. Today. Well, it, I was I was robbed of your presence a little bit the later part of last week. Uh, why don't you tell the, the listeners a little bit about why? Well, twofold, and I want to get into to, to your uh, to your foray out west here in a little bit. But I was absolutely destroyed by the flu last week. Destroyed. Yeah, I think you said you had a rough time. Yeah, I woke up dead Wednesday, um, and I had a rough forty eight hours. And uh, you know, I wasn't sure if it was COVID. I was worried it was it was going to be one of these these COVID variants that's out. Um, but it wasn't, and it was the flu and it, I got, you know, I got COVID about a year ago and this was way worse. And for the 48 hours, I was in a rough, rough spot and I had full blown, I am unashamed to admit it, man cold going on. Is, is, uh, because you had COVID, is that why you wear that scarlet C on every shirt that you bring to work? <laughs> yeah, that's a conversation for another day. But, okay. you know, I think the most important thing to note that if you're a guy and you have the flu, like you have to make everybody else equally as miserable around oh, you. I was, I was about to say the miserable is, is the key word is yeah. it, it can't just be you. No, heck no. Misery, I mean, we, misery we, loves company, man. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree? I mean, here's a guy that's several tours of duty. That's, you know, 20 year army ranger, but when it comes to being sick, you're still, a, we were all, and all males are, but you're still a baby. Absolutely. And the only thing that hurt worse than my body was my feelings. And so <laughs> it was, it was vitally important that I let everybody else around me know. <laughs> Absolutely. And then of course, Elisa gets it, you know, like a couple yeah. of days ago oh, yeah. and she's, it's, it's amazing, Tim, how women are literally a million times tougher with that kind of stuff yeah. than men. Yeah. It's, um, I think it's the, especially ones that are moms, they've, they've, they've had to learn how to deal with that without having anyone to help support. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. And she's, she's making it through this one without my support either. So, you know, it's just a continuation. Well, it, I, I, uh, you mentioned out West, so you're, you're waking up dying was me waking up the fact I was going with two buddies to play golf, which if you know anything about me, I'm not a great golfer. I used to play a lot back in the day, but haven't played much at all in the last 15 years. And, uh, so woke up, you know, talked to my friends, Hey, by the way, where are we even playing? They were in Scottsdale. They said, yeah, we're playing true North. And if you know anything about golf courses, true North is definitely what they call target golf. And to say you died of flu almost, I died of, getting eaten alive by true North. It was, I didn't keep score. My score was at the end, if I have any golf balls left, it was a win. Yeah. Your, your score at the end was all of the shots. I, listen, I got my money's worth. My, my, uh, my cost per shot was way low. 
Yeah, in the business world, we call that ROI. And, and I'm actually, this was where I was, I was actually going to get, get you to bring this up because just the visual of you playing true north, I've played golf with you once before. And it was, you know, about the it's opposite not, end of the great. spectrum. It was a Buffalo yeah. Creek Country yeah. Club in Rockwall, yeah. Texas, yeah. and not quite the track that True North is. And so it made me laugh audibly at the thought of you playing True North. It makes me happy that I can keep you entertained, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's ultimately that's what we're here for. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, we have a special day today uh, in uh, our, our ongoing uh, discussion and series about uh, end of year planning is we've talked a lot about reflection. And so today we have a, a special special episode about that. And uh, so I'm going to turn it over to you and you introduce our guest today and uh, talk a little bit about what we're going to discuss. Yeah. So, you know, to build off what Tim said, um, you know, the, the last episode, I think we talked a lot about the year-end wrap-up to lean into the following year's planning, right? right, right. And, and the importance of reflection um, about how the year went, not just performance wise, but culturally, you know, some of those, those soft skills as well. And so we're doing that in real time over the last 48 hours and we have the executive team in town. And so I'm excited to, uh, to introduce our two, uh, two panel members. And the first one so wait, is, wait, so are you trying to say that we actually do what we say we're, we do? You know what? That's the difference between being a, a businessman and a father. Is as a father, it's, it's do as I say, not as I do. But you know, unfortunately, in in the business world, we have um, you know those responsibility accountability mechanisms in place. Is and that so, why we have a whole ten listeners? <laughs> we are stuck. Yeah, okay. yeah. For all for all, are we double digits now? I think so. My goodness, I thought we had like five hundred thousand listeners. Was, no, it's more, it's more down to double digits. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, double digits, good. So, man, we are, we are, we are, we are touching lives, Tim. <laughs> in, in some ways, positively. And, and speaking to that, we have the, the first the first guest that we have. Um, he's been a guest on the podcast before a couple of times, and uh, I think so yeah, and and he's he's our vice president of sales. He's in from St. Louis, and he's Mr. Mike Kelly. How you doing, Mike? I'm great. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's it's good to have you. Um. I've been missing this, so it's great to be back on the podcast and, you know, be able to share all my insight with the one listener that I bring to the table, which is my, you know, 70-year-old mother-in-law. <laughs> hey, when, and we're we, so... We wouldn't have double digits if it wasn't for her, so tell her thanks. <laughs> thanks, Alberta. And we are we are so glad you're here, Alberta. And uh, for our listeners, Mike Kelly's got a birthday coming up. Oh, thanks. Oh, does he? I like, that wasn't, where? you know, does, yeah. we really needed to tell the listeners that. that that's what they're hanging on. And, and and Mike, what are you what are you getting yourself for a for a birthday gift? What are you looking at? Nothing. <laughs> I am Tell the um, audience. Don't we are uh, my son and I are looking at uh, at uh, Jeeps right now. Something fun to play with. And uh, you're going to be 51 coming up. Uh, we'll be 29. 29. Yeah, 29 plus or minus. <laughs> it's Mike and I had this discussion a couple of weeks ago about this Jeep, and uh, you know he was like, "Well, it's kind of a midlife crisis thing." And I was like, "Man, Mike, you're you're 51, like." That midlife crisis was about 15 years ago, buddy. <laughs> uh, make it about 16 or 17. I think it'd be more accurate. Oh, and you know, it, it's going to be fun, Mike, to get your perspective on this um, as we dive into this, because this is our um, fourth Q4 team meeting together. It is. Man, you and I are just kindred souls. Old friends. Scary thought. Not friends. Old acquaintances. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've had the pleasure of putting up with you for four E-teams now, so... <laughs> Oh man. And, and super glad you're here. And our other guest Me too. contrasted to the fourth one that we've done with Mike is this is his first foray. We, we promoted David to the, uh, to the executive team. I think it was what this summer. 
Yeah, I think that's right. And, uh, you know, this is his first um, endeavor into the, the Q4 planning that we do to reflect on on the current year and dive into to 2022. And that is our Vice President of Product Development Management, Mr. David Wells. How are you doing, Dave? Pretty good. It's uh, it's good to have you. Tell the, uh, tell the audience this, this is your first time on the show, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, first time on the show. Happy to, happy to be here. Um, like you said, newly promoted to VP of Product Management, I think is the title you originally gave me. But if that just changed Whatever, right then, yeah. that's just fine. Congratulations. We're flexible here. Yeah. yeah. That's one of Entrepreneurial the things, company. One of the reasons I've been here for 13 years. <laughs> but yeah, um, oversee uh, product product management and that that process of, of deciding what from customers, uh, stakeholders such as Tim and you, Devin, and our partners, like what needs to be developed and, and really kind of guide and direct that process for our engineers as they figure out how to do it. Well, and even though it's your first um, you know, Q4 executive team meeting, like you said, you've been at the company for how many years now? Um, coming up on 14. 14 years. So just, just a little bit. And, you know, David's one of those kind of case studies that we talk about on the show about growth and development inside of your organization and empowering people to, to maximize their achievements. And, you know, shoot, when you started here, David, you were what sales engineer, sales rep, sales rep. Yeah, man. And then on to sales engineer and then mm-hmm. over to product management. And now you're an executive in the, in, in, on the team. So it's been super cool to see your growth and we're, we're super glad to have you here. And you also actually real quick, had a little bit of travel yourself last week. Uh, yeah, I did I actually spent, um, oddly a relaxing six days at Disneyland. I imagine for a lot of folks with kids, that is something they can't really imagine. Um, but as my wife and I, and she used to be a, a cast member out there and we just kind of ran around like a couple of 12 year olds. It was a great time. A relaxing six days at Disney is like trying to divide by zero. Like my right. brain just doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> compute. <laughs> I've been there once. I have no desire to go again. God bless you guys. I'm glad you love it. Glad you're here. So guys, I want to dive into and reflect on the last couple of days that we've had here in Dallas. Um, and talk a lot about yesterday and what we did to reflect on 2020's performance. And that was departmental level after action reviews. And just for some context for our listeners is we normally do this, um, you know, by company, you know, we just kind of do a broad scale company after action review. And if you remember the components of it is what was supposed to happen, what did happen sustains and improves. And it's something that I brought over from the military. There's a thousand different flavors of it, but I just literally brought over the exact after action review that I've done tens of thousands of times in the military. And again, it gives us the ability to lay it out and take a look at what we accomplished, where we fell short, what went well, what didn't go well, and then be able to carry those things over into the into the the coming year. But we we flipped the script on it a little bit yesterday. And uh, I walked in, sat down and said, you know what, guys, we're not going to do a company-wide after-action review, we're going we're gonna to drop it down to the departmental level. And you guys are going to get up and do your own after-action review, and we're going to ask questions and poke holes in and, and, and your thoughts and check your premise a little bit and roll that up as a company and move forward. So, you know, Mike, what, what, were your, what was your thoughts on that? How do you think that went yesterday? I think it was, uh, the beauty of it was that it was kind of off the cuff. It was nobody really expected to do what we did yesterday. And especially from a sales perspective, I mean, for me, it's, you know, after action review on a year of sales is probably crazy to do as long as it's like December 13th or whatever it is, because I've still got some time left. I mean, I know there's deals that we're still working on. Uh, we're trying to get there, but the the mindset in the, on the sales side of things is, you know, uh, 
it's hard to look back and say what happened, uh, what went well, what needs to be improved and, and those types of things, because it's always about, you know what, let's just get out of the gate and go get, go get, go get, go get. And, you know, there was a time last year where I think it was like the December 30th when we finally got our, our final deal last year. So from the 30th to the 31st, we kind of relaxed, um, of December last year. Um, and January 1st rolls around and it's like, okay, let's do it all over again. So this process of reflection at the time of, you know, this end of year and, and after action report was, was, was challenging, but good in that a couple things came out. I think it was, you know, for me, it was heavy duty on looking at, doing more with less. We are so right-sized right now. And I think that's been one of the things that we've tried to figure out over the years is just what do we need? Um, and, and what resources really make the most sense for the sales side of our business. And I think we figured that out, um, really well in, in, in 21. The second thing was, was really around the idea of, of being picky, you know, uh, we've done this. And as you mentioned, we've, this is our fourth, I think we've gotten pretty good at, 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 you know, saying no to some bad business and being picky about what we're going after, uh, even in light of all the challenges in our industry. Um, I think that has been our, one of the keys to success. So it's, you know, take coming away from yesterday. Those are the two things that I probably thought were my high points. And it was really interesting for me to sit there and, and listen to you reflect on these things and have our financial performance pulled up over the last four years right? In order to be able to provide a little bit of context and perspective on the discussion that we had. And you know, I think one of the takeaways that we had yesterday was that, you know, we're selling more, right? And it's easy to say more. It's easy to make it, you know, just kind of make it a little bit in the gray space, but be able to look at it and be like, hey, we sold more in 2021 than we did in 2018 and 2019 and 2020 while spending how much less? Do you remember what that number was? It was three times less mm -hmm. in terms of expenses. Yeah, it, it was the number was, I think, right around $1.1 million less in overhead to get more sales. You know, and there's yeah. there's a lot there to unpack. Yeah, it's counterintuitive uh, in, in traditional sales and sales management to say that, you know what, I just, you know what, if I add another person to the team, it's just the, the numbers are going to go up. I think the big difference that we see in our industry, as well as what we've seen in, in multiple other verticals and, and since, since COVID is, is not this idea of just scaling the size of your team is going to make the size of your revenue go up. It's, you know, let's go after higher quality business, um, business that, that meets our criteria that we set and, you know, be extremely diligent about, you know, qualifying that business before we even start to consider it. One of the stories that I think that came out of this last year that was great was, you know, um, looking at a piece of business and when it just, you know, uh, when the competitive nature of, you know, other companies came into it and it started to become just a commodity sale where the lowest price was going to get it, it was fun. And the reason it was fun is because we said no to it and we just bloodied our competition by, you know, making them drop their, uh, their price. So that, you know, to me really represents the successes that we've seen in, in 21. One more thing. And before I kick it over to David is, is this idea of, of being picky. You know, I think we've, you and I have chatted about this a little bit on the show in the past, but you know, what does it mean? I mean, aren't we just, aren't you in the business of just generating revenue? So how can you, how can you dare be picky? Oh, exactly. And, 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 and there's, 
You know, as I sat yesterday and talked about it, it was almost like this guilty feeling about, you know what, we've, we've been picky this year. Um, Tim even asked the question, he was like, why, um, or explain a little bit about how and, and kind of why the numbers in the pipeline are what they are. And I, I was, I didn't mean it near as flippantly as what it sounded like, but I said, you know, I just don't, we're not putting any BS in there. We've been picky, not in terms of just the, the business that we're, you know, the revenues that we accept, but we're picky in terms of the opportunities that we're willing to take on. Uh, if it doesn't make sense for us, if it doesn't meet that criteria, which it, that that five point criteria was hard to get to. If it doesn't meet that, then we just don't go after it. We're not going to just, we don't have the time, nor do we want to waste the time in, in trying to make something fit that it just doesn't. Well, and I think not just picking in terms of revenue, but in terms of what constitutes pipeline, right? And that pipeline, a good pipeline turns into good revenue opportunities, right? And I think that's another area where, where we learned a whole lot about ourselves over the last couple of years was that, you know, we needed to be better about what we considered pipeline. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, a salesman trait that you'll see across vertical is the fact that pipelines are overestimated. And uh, there's just a... You know, people just accept the fact that it's overestimated. Why do we close? You know, we feel good about closing forty-five percent of a pipeline. Well, you're you're just overestimating. You know, you're putting stuff in there that doesn't belong. And I think this, you know, where we've come to is, you know, what let's let's have truth in advertising. Let's be focused. Let's go after what we need to go after, and let's you know forecast it the way it should be. If it's if it's a negative and it ain't gonna happen, you know what? That's okay, and that. That starts from culture at the top to say, you know what, it's okay to to not take something and hard to do, but we eat our own dog food around here, and I would say that that's something we've gotten pretty darn good at. Well, and I think the optimal word there is is truth in lending. And if you, if we as a company reflect back over the last year, I think one area that really, frankly, got David Wells a job that he has is this need to objectively assess the products that we're releasing in terms of viability, in terms of sustainability and supportability and, you know, efficiency and efficacy and all of those things. And, you know, historically, I think last year, Tim, we, we looked back and said, we really have a strong need or two years ago for product management, something to stand alone from engineering to check our premise that the engineering team is releasing the things that we think they're releasing and need to release. And, you know, that's, that's, that's why you're here. And, you know, your, your job is supporting revenue, David. I mean, we're all here to, you know, support the, the revenue generation, but, you know, you view things from a significantly different standpoint as Mike. So I want to get your, your opinion and your standpoint on, on the last couple of days as well. Yeah. Just to echo what Mike had said earlier, the kind of the, how you just kind of dropped it on us, like, Hey, at a departmental level, let's review, not, not corporately you know, as a group. And I think just dropping that on us, like in that moment, I think it went an awful long way for objective information to be, to be what was spoken about. You know, nobody had a week or two of runway to sit there and kind of come up with a narrative as to, you know, maybe cover up a wart or two that they saw. Right. And I, I think that objectivity is, is key to that. I think um, also in terms of reviewing um, what happened this last year, it's very important to have something to review that's objective. So tracking throughout the year, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, corporate objectives and how those apply to your own department 
So you, you can nail down something specific in a reference point. And if things change, things change, you know what? It's a dynamic environment. It's going to change, but at least you have a framework to work in to say, Hey, this is what we plan for. Here's what actually happened. And here's why, and here's what we thought we're pretty good at. And here's where we need to improve. And that, that, that just turns into like a, you know, a fluffy conversation if you're not tracking things along the way, or if you have enough time to come up with a narrative that you think sounds good. Yeah, that's a fantastic point. And, you know, really speaks to the importance behind objectives and key results, Without right? Doubt. You have your source of truth. You have your baseline of which you can base progress off of, right? And, and I think for our listeners, you know, we come up with at the beginning of the year, some overarching year long goals, objectives rather that we want to accomplish. We break those down to quarterly levels as well, because to David's point, things change, variables change, the market changes, the customers change, pandemics change, mm-hmm. and the way you approach business needs to be viewed in shorter periods of time rather than a year. Because otherwise, you know, it's like using a compass and not accounting for the grid to magnetic offset, right? And then you get nine tenths of the way through the year, and just because you failed to adjust, you're way off course from where you from where you thought you were going to be. So I love that. And one of the things that I want to speak to a little bit was, you know, this concept that 2021 failures, I'm going to put that in air quotes, failures turn into 2022 opportunities. And, you know, David, I want you to speak to a little bit about that, that the epic conversation that we had today that was born from a perceived shortcoming that we had in the epic marketplace in 2021. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So, so with that, with that shortcoming, right? You know, some some you know failure to launch or or delayed launch on a few things, I should say. You know that a proper sort of like objective, you know, egoless evaluation of that, and not pointing fingers in any way, but just saying, hey, how do we get better? It really it really creates those those um, those conversations. They can they can be very creative in like, hey, let's 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 constrain ourselves. Let's give ourselves some boundaries. And that's what creates that creativity. Not when you have a whole wide world of opportunity out there, right? And we you know, just come up with a good idea, but let's constrain that. And if you apply constraints to what you're talking about, the folks in the room who really know their stuff are able to come up with really good ideas that are actually actionable. You know, it's born from experience and how do we improve upon that? Let's make our world small to ensure success to the greatest extent possible instead of just trying to be all things to all people. And so much of that is mindset driven, is it not, Mike? You know, the the way that we, I think, is, is access view our shortcomings and our failures and have the ability to turn that into an opportunity is something that we haven't always had, yeah? Yeah, I, when, you, when you just mentioned that, mindset to me, I think it's... Um, it's over mindset over time, I think is, is probably the most critical thing. And I think I say that because in 2020, I know if it was on this podcast and we did, we talked about things like, uh, you know, the, the pandemic toolkit and, and some of the things that the, really the value that we were bringing to our customers, but the, the overwhelming mindset that I saw from people, at least in healthcare and other sales organizations that, that we're close to was this, you know, shuttering of the business, you know, when the pandemic was going on in 2020, there was a tremendous amount of folks that just stopped and didn't do, you know, all of the things that were going to be necessary to, you know, build pipeline and to do those things. And, and which was different from us, you know, we doubled down and focused on delivering value to our customers in so many weird and different ways. I mean, it wasn't the traditional business, but it was, we didn't stop. We actually picked up the pace and, 
by doing that, I'm convinced. And, you know, to me, there's, there's very few elements to this recipe for success, but that was one of those that supported us and created the situation where we could be successful in 21. That mindset is so critical and, and not only for, you know, what we were able to achieve in 21, but what, how that's going to position us for 22 reflection in terms of, you know, why we're here and what we're here to talk about today. That's one of the, the probably the greatest reflections I could, I could share. Well, and, and to build off of something that David said, the why behind it, right. Is if you just view a shortcoming in a failure as what it is on the surface level, then you're missing a whole lot. You're missing a whole lot of opportunities that are born from those shortcomings, from those failures. But if you have the courage as an organization to ask why, or the intelligence and the emotional intelligence as a company to dig into the root cause of the, the shortcoming in the failure, man, I would argue, David, would you not that it's just rich with opportunity as a result of a, a near-term shortcoming. Oh, without without question, because if you don't acknowledge that shortcoming, right? You just want to you know hide it, put it under the cover, not acknowledge it. It's it's just a such a missed opportunity, because you're able to say, okay, good. What what can we get out of this? Now what? You know, now what? Uh, as opposed to just you know trying to not acknowledge the practical reality. You nothing nothing gets sharp without a little friction. So let's have honest conversations about something that didn't go right, so we can polish that up put a nice shine on it and, and, and repackage that as something that is effective in generating revenue as, as well as providing value to our customers. Right. Man, I love what you said about tough conversations, that whole iron sharpens iron concept. Right. And, you know, sometimes around here we call them violent agreements <laughs> and, yes. you know, that's an important note for our listeners, especially if you have, you know, if you're, if you're a young kind of budding company and you have a, you know, a pretty freshly minted executive team is that, you know, people tend to gloss over those types of conversations and we don't want conflict and we don't want discord. So we're willing to leave those stones unturned just because we don't want to hurt people's feelings when in reality, the growth comes in, in that struggle and in that fight. And you can still be professional and maintain, you know, your, your professional integrity while challenging your colleagues in a productive way. And, and Mike, I think that's why we do things yesterday, like set ground rules, right? For those types of conversations, correct? Yes. So before the conversation even started, here are the rules. And it was, it was refreshing. It was rules that we all inherently knew, but, it, but you know what, we talk about it and enter that discussion with that open mind. I remember, and, and, and I'm, I'm the storyteller of the group and I'll, I'll try to keep this succinct, but, but there was a situation in this year alone. And I, and I can, I can, I can recall the date when it's, we're talking a few months ago, but you and I had a conversation about something and, you know, I go into a conversation like anybody and I have a preconceived, I've got a, I got a way of thinking that's, that's, that's in a way of belief, you know, that, that is custom to me. And it was, you know, I, I, I think I made a point and certainly, you know, I stand behind it, but at the same time you questioned it and said, okay, have you ever thought about it this way? And it was, it was a pretty innocuous conversation. It wasn't a big deal. But it was like, man, that was a Friday. And by Saturday, I was still texting you saying, holy cow, I hadn't, I, thank you for helping me. And I don't know if I said thank you, but I said, you know, I sure am thinking about this differently now. I hated the fact that you might be onto something or, or, you know, you know, smarter than me, but, but. The idea of having violent conversation, I guess, violent discussions around some of this and, and we fought tooth and nail and you know what? I learned something, I, you know, and, and that was pretty cool. 
You know, so it's funny you should mention that conversation, Mike, because I remember it <laughs> exceptionally well. And I think what we're going to do is I'm going to take some screenshots from my cell phone about how you said, Davin, you're so right. And thank you for enriching oh, my life and things like that. And we're going to put those screenshots into the show notes. I think Sophie will take care of that. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, there and will we'll be make none. sure. Yeah. Hashtag mindset Monday. Um, so yeah, that, that's how I remember that going. Um, I think it's interesting that, that you have such creative memory. <laughs> that's that's a whole nother conversation you might be, you might just be misremembering just <laughs> we didn't say all reflection was good reflection correct yeah. i think you know reflection and and being able to to um really see what you brought to that conversation you know it'll be it'll be healthy for you i deny your reality and assert my own buddy hey david i got a question for you is one of the things that we actually talked about this yesterday and it's your growth over the, over the last few years. And so I'd love for you to, from your perspective, talk a little bit about, especially from a mindset perspective, you know, what's talk about your transformation a little bit about, um, you know, where you've come from and where you are and, and how that's affected you. And especially in 21, you've, you've taken on a lot of responsibility and you know, with that responsibility comes stress and accountability and lots of other things that go with that. And you handled that really well. So talk a little bit about, what changed in your mind that allowed you to do that? I think one opportunity, right? You know, I wouldn't go anywhere without an opportunity. So thank you very much for creating an environment for that opportunity, but also think um, self-awareness, increased self-awareness, like dispassionate, Hey, objective, who are you? What are you good at? What are you not good at? And then really a, a big, um, a big thing for, for us this year as an organization was the onboarding of some folks, um, good help, you know, evaluating, finding extremely good help that you are comfortable delegating to the things that you aren't good at. Right. Um, but I think that self-awareness is the central, the central point to all that, like being aware of what you're good at, how you relate to others, how others relate best to you, you know, how, how to most effectively message to them. Right. I think that's been, and really can not just giving it lip service, but really internalizing that and being intentional behind that, right? Seeking out opportunities, even if they're, you know, to some extent, maybe manufactured opportunities, but just get practice in, in getting out of that, that comfortable state that you've been in forever and like really adjusting um, your communication style based upon the audience that, that you need to present that information to and for, so they can walk out of the room with the information that you want them to walk out of the room with. For our listeners, that's one of the things we've really done, especially in the departments you're, you deal directly with. And that's really focus on Colby's and Clifton's that you heard us talk about in the podcast and trying to understand, you know, who you are and how you think, but just as importantly, the people you work with, who they are and how do they think. And uh, you've done a really good job with that the last year, better understanding, especially, I think we mentioned this yesterday, if you worked with me, you know, you and I couldn't be more different. Right. Yeah. And that you're all about the details. and I'm all about, high level, not the details. And so, you know, all your communication with me this year, especially has been awesome because you, I know you so bad want to go into, you know, the, the paragraphs of stuff, but you hit bullet points and you've done a really good job of that. And that's, that's given me confidence in you. Um, and it's also uh, good for me to know that if you do that for me, you can also do that for others. And when it comes to leadership, that's so, so important, not just to know yourself, but know the people around you. Um, so for me, looking back, that's one of the best mindsets that um, you've been able to accomplish. And that's 
really understanding yourself, like you mentioned, but also understanding others around you. And, and it takes time and effort to do that and embracing the culture that we've built here, that that's how we communicate and that's how we work with each other is based on our, our strengths and our mindsets. So well done. Appreciate that, man. Thank you. So I have a follow-up question for you, David, is, you know, as we start to wind this episode down is, you know, somebody that's in your shoes, you know, a, a new executive who first time going through this end of year wrap up and beginning year planning, you know, give the listeners that may be in your shoes some takeaways, you know, give them, what would you do in the reflection portion? What would you do better this year? And what's a couple of takeaways that you've had that, that, that you've done well that you would recommend? I think, I think I could have done a better job this year of, of establishing boundaries and like in that new role, new executive, right? Don't want to step on toes. You know, you want to, you want to kind of, um, really in, invest in those relationships and in that executive team. Right. But also I think I, I would encourage folks to find a good balance of, of good professional assert, asserting good boundaries there. Right. You know, saying, Oh, I see what you're doing there. That's great. Um, and here's, here's why I think I'm the who for that, right? I'm the person that should be that or somebody on my team, right? I think, and, and here's why, not just say, it's gotta be me or give give your declarative statement, right? But back that up with with the why behind it, right? Some examples, because otherwise you're just complaining or you're being territorial, right? Sure, no, I love that. Um, you know, Mike, and going over to you and you're, you're talking about the, the alpha and the omega, right? You got somebody in the beginning of their executive career. And then you got somebody that's really, truly on the, on the sunset of their career and of their life at large. <laughs> I you swear, know, I hate general. <laughs> you know, general. so, but Mike, we, we've seen this tremendous evolution of you over the last three or four years. And so, you know, honestly, for the, the old heads that are, that are listening to this, if there are any, you know, share some takeaways that, that, that you've learned in this process and what could help them, you know, uh, if they can still hear. Uh, <laughs> Okay, uh, everybody turn your hearing aids up. Um, I mean it when I said yesterday, you know what, um, you know, and I'll, I'll certainly paraphrase, but I said in the meeting, you know, there's not, I'm not, I don't give a, I don't give a damn. Okay. I mean that in its most positive way. I'm not putting BS into my pipeline. That's it. Um, there's so many folks that are, you know, probably early on in career and, and they're still worried about the politics of the situation and what it's going to appear like to the folks that they're actually working for. So, you know what, let's go with this inflated pipeline and I'll, I'll, I'll worry about it later. And it just does nothing but, but set everyone up for failure. I mean, the decisions that are made because you are have an inflated pipeline or they're no good for the company. And so, you know what, um, it's not bad news. It's just news. Uh, you know, uh, just because you have a spin and, and in your head you think something's less than positive doesn't mean that that's the case. Being self-aware, as David mentioned just a moment ago, I think is what comes with some time in, in, in this role, and that helps tremendously. You know, and it helps also to have, you know, to work at a place where 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 the mindset is about. Listen, I don't, I don't care what you know you want to make it look like. I just want the truth. And so when Tim and I have discussions about this all the time, it's like, listen, I'm gonna give you the news. It, it, we really don't have bad news around here. We just have news. Maybe we get excited about it. Maybe it's not what we wanted to hear, but it is what it is. And I hate to use that you know term just because, you know. Uh, it, but it, but it does reflect what we have going on reflect, you know, looking back on this, you know, that's something I've learned over time. And, and certainly, you know, um, I know how to do this and we rely on, you know, what's been successful in the past. And that's what we'll continue to do. It's, it's always supported as well. And it always will. 
Well, and, and it's fun for me because you guys add such a balance to the team because you've got, you know, Mike, who's your, you know, typical hard charging sales rep and, you know, high quick start and go get them. And then you've got, you know, Wells and you know, Wells is, is the one that's going to check the premise on things and make sure that, that we can deliver on the things that Mike tells the customer we can deliver on. Right. And the balance in that team and our ability to lay it out and objectively analyze and reflect on our business model place to the strengths of both of you. And so, man, we're, we're super glad you guys are here. Um, you know, go ahead and wrap this thing up. But again, it's been awesome to see you guys over the last couple of days. It's been fun to get your input and, uh, and help us continue to grow this thing. So I appreciate you guys' time. Yeah. Thanks guys. Same here. Hey, and Tim, I got, I got a quick story for you before you do the wrap up on oh, this please. and, and it, it's a, it's a tie to golf. So it was about a, two months ago. Um, we, I, I had this invite Lisa and I played golf with this guy named Ernie and we stayed in contact with each other. And he one night sent me an invite kind of late to play in this four man scramble. He's like, Hey, show up on this Friday, Brookhaven country club. We're going to do this four man best ball. I'm like, sweet. And so I knew I wasn't playing. I knew I wasn't working the next day. So we went out to a nice dinner, you know, maybe had a little bit, a little bit too much wine, maybe a little few too many gins and tonic. And so I show up at Brookhaven country club and I have no idea what this golf thing is for. None at all. I don't know. All I know is it's a four-man best ball. And my recollection of four-man best balls is certainly not what this was. Because I pull up to Brookhaven Country Club, and I'm playing in a four-man scramble to benefit the Cambodian Christian ministry. <laughs> which, was, which, is, which is a very worthy cause. Oh, let's my, be honest. It, no doubt. Absolutely. Just wonderful people. But the only thing in the world that I needed at the moment was something to help me get past the night before. Was I able to help you with that? Do you know what they don't serve during a four-man scramble to benefit the Cambodian Christian ministry? They don't serve alcohol. They do not. So we pull up, and I'm playing I'm playing with Ernie and two other guys, and they're great. And we tee off, and they just, all three of them just hit bombs down the center fairway. And I hit a 40-yard drive and take a divot the size of Cambodia. <laughs> And I made a joke that I just took a divot the size of Cambodia. And the joke didn't go well at all. A little bit like a lead balloon? Yeah. And then the cart girl shows up. And then that's when I realized that they're not serving alcohol during the Cambodian Christian ministry scramble. And I said, but it's five o'clock in Cambodia. (laughs) Please, please, please end this. I've got so many jokes right now that are completely (laughs) inappropriate. Which went as well as the first joke did. (laughs) And I text Lisa and I told her about it. She said, stop talking. And I said... I can't. (laughs) (laughs) It's not what I can do. And the whole round went that way. I've never played a worse round of golf in my entire life, but uh, I donated some money and a whole lot of golf balls to the Cambodian Christian ministry. Have you ever read that book, How to Win Friends and Influence People? (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Hey, we'll paraphrase it after we leave the podcast. So, you know, at least you could leave True North with your dignity intact. Did I? <laughs> I Did you I? know what? Yeah. Better than me. So were, were there, uh, I think I asked you this the day after, but were there actually Cambodian children, starving children on the tea boxes? Because that would have raised three times as much money. You know, there weren't, but they did a whole presentation afterwards, which, you know, come to find out like nine o'clock at night is not five o'clock in Cambodia, um, which, you know, I didn't fail to do the math on that one, but they did have a whole presentation. People, you should have known that. Yeah. They did a whole presentation and, uh, it was easily, and this is saying something for me, top five most embarrassing experiences of my life. 
sadly that makes me really happy yeah so anyway good place to wrap this up yeah so speaking of speaking of that um hey one of the things is as you guys are listening to this uh that we try to provide content that helps you and so uh in return what we'd love from you is a little bit of engagement so there's a couple ways to do that one is we'd love for you to go and follow us on instagram and that instagram is bobblehead podcast so you can go do a search for that and uh, that's us so we'd love for you to leave uh, give us a like and give us a comment um i think every once in a while we'll post uh, questions and so we'd love your feedback for that if you don't want to do it that way um you're welcome to email us and you can email us at hello at bobbleheadpodcast.com and uh, so please let us know what topics you'd like to hear give us some comments if you disagree if you agree we'd love to hear what you think so uh, please engage with us oh yeah good to go all right thank you guys for being here and uh Thank you for a great 2021 and reflected on that. Now shut up and go make 2022 great. You betcha. Yes, sir. Do it. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, thanks guys. guys.